If you ever wanted to have a comparison of the tax advantages between an opportunity zone and the Spendthrift Trust, you've come to the right place, although the answers may not be what you're expecting. Hi, my name is Don Thornton. I'm an infinite wealth strategist. I'm also a, known as Don the Short Sale Guy because I have been a dedicated short sale investor for 20 years. And I've helped well over 3,500 homeowners in that period of time get out from under an upside-down mortgage, avoid foreclosure, and save their credit. And in this video, I'm going to be talking specifically about what is an, op you know, an opportunity zone and do a little bit of a deeper dive into what this trust is and to compare how the tax advantages work between the, between the two of them. So what is an opportunity zone? Well, basically, in 2017, uh, there was legislation passed. It's called the uh, Investing Opportunity Act of 2017. And it's designed to spur private investment of, you know, and to, to put capital into underinvested, economically distressed communities. So what it's designed to do is to get taxpayers, get investors to put their money into opportunity zone funds, and then they can invest those uh, that money into funds it can be you know a business or it could be you know it could be a, a new development it could be it could be a existing property um but the the good thing about it is that it does incentivize real estate investors and people that have lots of money put put funds together get cap raise capital and put that into communities where investment just has been lacking there's been no incentive for private investors to go in there and develop there are some great advantages to it. I mean, I'm I'm just applaud that they are, you know, you know, looking trying to use capitalism the way that it ought to be done, which is to have the government's role is to incentivize capital to go into these areas and you know give them the investment that they need. So there's they've made it is is uh, you know streamlined as possible, as attractive as possible. For example, there's no pre-approvals, no community benefits, no requirements to have, you know, a, a representative there for the government. You know, it's basically trying to be as bureaucratic uh, free as possible. So what are some of the, what are some of the advantage of this? Well, uh, you can, if you, if as an investor, let's say that you have, um, you just had a capital gains event. You sold a piece of property and you're owed capital gains on that. Well, you can roll that in to an opportunity zone and those taxes on that, on those capital gains will be, you know, that are rolled into the project will not come due until December 21st or December 31st, 2026. Also, there's no tax on capital gains for anything, any profit that you make in the opportunity zone as long as you keep that money in there for 10 years. So basically you're going to, uh, you know, you, you make money in the deal, but that getting money out is frozen for 10 years. Unless of course you don't want to, uh, uh, unless you want to pay the taxes on it, which of course nobody wants to. And finally, uh, if uh, you know, you can use this as a haven for 1031 exchanges. So um, if you normally would put a piece of property, you, you sell uh, a property and then you had to find a you know similar property, put your funds into that, buy that, and you have you know a very tight window to do that. That's called a 1031 exchange for those of you who don't know what it is. Well, you can just take that money and roll it into the uh, an opportunity zone 
And you don't need an, interme an intermediary like you normally like you do in a regular 1031 exchange. You can just put the money in there and that'll work. So that's kind of what a, an opportunity zone is. And what I would love for you to do is to go down and subscribe to the channel. I really try every week I'm putting a video out trying to get you as much information as you can, give you valuable content. And all I ask in return is that you subscribe and don't forget to hit the little bell so that way you're notified when I drop a new video. I always record these on Sundays. I put them out. I take them live Monday, Tuesday, the latest sometimes just depends on, on how things are going. But uh, Sundays is when I, I do them. So if you want to be uh, you know, up to speed and get notified when a new video is out, then by all means subscribe. Now, I'm going to talk to you now about the trust because the, this video talks about how we're going to compare an opportunity zone with the trust and, and the pros and cons and, and what's better. Uh, and we're going to be looking at this from the, from the, through the lens of tax savings. So the trust is, you know, it's not a wide overreaching. It's not designed to set up an opportunity zone and, and attract investment and go into communities and, and, and help. Uh, you know, help with the infrastructure and make it a better place to live. Although you certainly can do that if you wanted to through the trust. But this is an individual, more of an individual focus. All right. So the name of the trust is a non-grantor, irrevocable, complex, discretionary spendthrift trust. We call these the five pillars of the trust. And I, in my opinion, and I'm no expert, but I also am no newbie either. I've been doing this for 20 years. In my experience, I've never seen an instrument that is uh, so brilliantly simple and effective that reduces or almost eliminates the two biggest pain points that we have as investors, but not just investors. And this is used for business owners, anyone who's on 1099, uh, anyone who does uh, commission sales, anyone basically who's not a W-2 employee. So what are the two biggest pain points? Well, they are taxes people pay too much in taxes and asset protection people will you know are, are always worried about frivolous or predatory lawsuits the more successful you are the more likely that you're going to have a target on your back and people are going to try to make money and just ensue so you really have to you know asset protection is crucial for anyone in that sphere and this is the trust takes care of both of those, which is amazing. So non-grantor, which means that uh, you cannot be a, a trustee of the trust if you set the trust up yourself. You have to have a third party do that and then name you as a trustee. That's why it's a non-grantor. It's irrevocable because you can't treat the trust as a holding pin where you're transferring property in and out. You have to sell your personal assets and assets of your business irrevocably into the trust that's why that's very important discretionary is also important because as trustee you have a hundred percent discretion to manage and maintain the assets of the trust for the beneficiaries and finally and in some ways i think is the most important part of this is it's a spendthrift provision uh the pillar is a spendthrift trust uh, in the spendthrift trust is what makes the asset protection such unique and powerful uh, aspect of this trust where you don't have to worry about those those lawsuits uh, unless you're doing criminal activity or you're you're committing blatant fraud this trust is going to be uncrackable and, and look i can't i'm not going to say that you are going to get sued i mean anybody can 
can sue you with or without an attorney. But when it gets in front of a judge, you know, as long as, you know, the, uh, they are made aware, the parties are made aware, the, the, the plaintiff's attorney, the judge, that this is a spendthrift trust that has a spendthrift provision based on contract law, then that lawsuit is going to get tossed. So that's the wonderful thing about this. I mean, I can tell you that I'm constantly, over 20 years, I've constantly been uh, pitched different asset protection things. And the latest one I hear that everybody's all excited about is you can open up LLC in, in, in Wyoming. And, you know, it's, it's just, it's, you don't need all that stuff because this trust, this non-grantor irrevocable complex discretionary spendthrift trust takes care of all of that, which is really um, an amazing thing. So uh, in the context of an opportunity zone, this is more of an individual, or you can do partnerships with it as well in, 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 in conjunction with a, a separate trust that we can talk about in another video. However, in, 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 at its most basic level, we're talking about individuals or business owners and so forth. And that's what it's designed for, uh, is to protect your assets and help you save a ton of money in taxes, which I'll get into later in this video. But what I want to do first is request that you uh, comment on these videos, there's nothing I like better on my different social media platforms is when people ask questions and I can I can go back and forth with you guys. And sometimes it's just as simple as someone suggesting that, hey, would you would you do a video about this? Or what about this aspect? And I love that because it gives me ideas that I can you know make a video out of and provide you the value that you're looking for. So all that starts with a comment. So leave a comment and I'd be very, very grateful for that. Uh, now, I want to talk to you about, you know, I've already, in, the, in the first part of the video, I talked specifically about the tax advantages for enterprise zone, for the opportunity zones. And, you know, there was a, there's a, the biggest emphasis was on the capital gains or the avoidance of capital gains or, or you know, put your money in and 10 years later, you can pull it out and not pay any capital gains. Well, the thing about the trust is that you don't even have to wait 10 years for that. Literally, all you have to do is you sell that asset into the trust so that it becomes a trust asset. And then you can put that, that asset for sale. And it doesn't matter if your capital gains uh, liability would be $10,000 or $10 million. Uh, if it's, you know, it's not going to be a, uh, a, an issue uh, for capital gains. And the reason why is because the trust is set up to be in congruence with IRS code 643. And specifically, I'm going to read this because I don't have it memorized, but title 26, uh, subtitle A, chapter one, subchapter one, part one, subpart A, section 643, definitions are applicable to subparts A, B, C, and D, clearly define and outline, this is the important part, that gains from the sale or exchange of capital assets shall be excluded to the extent that such gains are allocated to the corpus of the trust and are not required by the governing, governing instrument to be distributed to the beneficiaries. That is so, so important here. So listen, this is, the, this is why this is such a powerful instrument as, as, you know, for anyone that whose business is involved with capital gains taxes. Now, here's the key part of this. Remember, when, when the trust sells the asset and the money comes in 
and it would normally be a capital gains tax event. As long as, as it is not distributed to the beneficiaries, if it stays in the trust, the corpus of the trust, then those taxes will be deferred in perpetuity as long as you don't take a distribution to the beneficiaries. And using the trust in the real estate investing business, for example, you know, you want to keep that money in the trust so you can reinvest it in different projects. So what you've done is you've created a basically a circle of or a cone, as you want to say, not a cone of silence, but a cone of, of asset or, or uh, capital gains tax refuge where you, you know, once the, once that initial transaction is closed and the funds come into the in the corpus of the trust, then you can reinvest them and reinvest them and reinvest them as long as they go out, come back in, go out, come back in, go out, come back in, and they always stay within the corpus of the trust. Then those capital gains are never going to be going to be um, uh, taxed. So that's really the key genius of this of this strategy from a capital gains point of view. Now. Talk about other other types of taxation. Uh, let's say ordinary income. In my business as a real estate investor, I'm worried about ordinary uh, income, which you know I make more than $165,000 a year, which means I'm being taxed at I would be taxed at 32%. So what is wonderful about this is this strategy. This trust has a tax strategy where that money can be converted. That ordinary uh, active income can be can be converted into passive income for the trust. I'll go into the, how that happens in later videos. But as it, as that passive income that's converted comes into the trust, then the trustee has discretionary power to designate that as an extraordinary dividend. And it said, and basically how that works is that extraordinary dividends are excluded excluded as items of gross income that constitute extraordinary dividends. So the trustee determines that such dividends are alloc allocable to the corpus of the trust under the terms of the governing instrument and they shall not be considered income. So you see how that works. As long as it's, you know, it comes in as passive income, as trustee, you designate that as an extraordinary dividend and it is allocable to the corpus. In other words, it stays inside the trust. Don't do any disbursements, and it stays in the corpus of the trust. And literally, if you have a business or 1099 income or straight commissions, 97% of your business's uh, net or pre-tax net income can be converted into passive income to come into the trust. And then it's declared an extraordinary dividend, which means that that is not considered uh, income to, uh, for the trust. So it's pretty amazing. So what I would like for you to do is go down to the description. I have uh, websites there, way to get a hold of me. If you're interested in learning more about this and you know, getting a one-on-one -on -one consultation with me, I can go over what your business is doing. And I can tell you that you're going to be very, very pleased with the simplicity and the absolute genius of this strategy and what this trust can do for you. And thank you again for watching these videos. And I look forward to doing one for you next week.